Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Lose! <laughs> I don't lose! I win! I win! I'm a lawyer! That's my job! That's what I do! Well, Bill Graham knows there's a lot more we can do together. I can't do it. You can't do it alone. But together, we can do it. It's that time of the week. The law offices of Wallace and Graham bring us the man himself, Bill Graham, our longtime legal analyst. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Am I running late? I feel like I'm running late. Well, it depends on uh, who you're comparing yourself to. If you're comparing yourself to Brett Jensen, no, you're early. Okay. Um, if, you're, if you're comparing yourself to you, usually you're a few seconds. But we, you know, yeah, we're, we make it work. We're professionals. We uh, uh, we have uh, we have things we can talk about, and we did, did and you, we're here. Did you get my text yesterday about the gov? I did, and, and I'm glad you said that because I forgot to. I, I was going to bring this up, and, and let me pull it up. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> he said. He said, I, in the middle of the show yesterday, and, and yesterday's show was a barn burner in of itself. It was a barn burner. But, uh, of course, the governor was the capper on that in the, the final hour. I get a note at about 924, so about halfway through. Uh, yeah, you sent it to me, and then I, I saw it, and then I said, i got to talk about this coming back. And then uh, somehow I got uh, sidetracked by the governor. Uh, Which I, happens. I, I know you can't imagine that ever happening, Bill. No, no, no. But I get a note that says, the gov has had too much catnip this morning. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he was in rare form yesterday. We had a good time then. We were all in rare form yesterday. And that's actually very, very true. But I'm glad you were listening yesterday. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, I was, I was, you know, I'd, I'd gotten off a call and I thought I'd just check in and see what the the kids are kids are up to this morning. And sure enough, they were off the reservation. But that's uh, okay. It's good radio. <laughs> Has there ever been a show that? Uh, I mean, you talk about, I say this to Beth all the time, and I'll catch moments where we're in conversations, and I'm thinking, if somebody just walked into the room right now and heard this at the beginning of that last sentence, what they must think? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Well, it's BT. What are you going to do? That's right. BT. You know what it stands for? Yeah. Bo, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, and I want to talk today, uh, we got a, a long thing, a long list of things to talk to you about, but of course, All right. I want to start in South Carolina, because we're talking okay. about the, the Murdoch trial, and um, I, I feel like we're, we're sort of getting towards the end of this, but now you're starting to hear talk about uh, Alec Murdoch taking the stand. Uh, do you think that's likely? Do you think that's uh, a good move? Uh, do you think we're going to, what do you think we're going to hear if it happens? What do you think about that? I would... I mean, Harpoolian's a better criminal lawyer than defense lawyer than I'm ever going to be. Um, but just from the cheap seats that I'm sitting in, uh, I wouldn't do that. He he has too many contradictory witness statements that he's not going to be able to explain, specifically and particularly the cell phone data with Paul and Maggie and him and. Uh, all the back and forth with the the changing of the clothes and the weapon is I wouldn't do that. Thought this was an interesting piece of audio here. Uh, the prosecution and the defense yesterday questioning lead agent David Owen about interviewing Alec Murdoch uh, the night it happened. After this interview, during this interview, did you consider Alex Murdoch suspect in the death of his son and his wife? He was the only known suspect at that time. Yes. Now. When you told Alec that there were multiple weapons loaded with that same load, buckshot and birdshot, 
I mean, was that an investigative tool, or were you just under the misimpression that that was the case? Investigative tool. So you lied to him? I'm allowed to use trickery to elicit a response. What about that? That's true. He can uh, lie to a witness. He can make up a fact pattern to see, to test a witness's reaction. They do that all the time. It's an investigatory tool that investigators all over the world forever have used. So do you think yesterday and uh, the day before when they were showing some of the first, I mean, this is the first time any of us really have seen a lot of the footage from uh, from from Murdoch in the interrogation room, but also this body cam footage of his behavior shortly after um, the murders took place. Is all of that, I mean, I, I, and I know you can't uh, predict grief behavior, you, you can't predict how someone might behave in a, in a, in a situation, but is, is this really, does this really look bad for Alec Murdoch and his team? At this stage of the proceedings, I would say yes. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't hold a lot of hope out absent the defense coming up with um, an, an O.J. Simpson. If it doesn't fit, you got to acquit mm-hmm. moment. Um, I go back to that. Um, I don't see that on the horizon. But you know, things in trials happen, and juries do what they do. Being Harpoolian has got to convince one or two people of some doubt. That's mm-hmm. his job. He's got to, he doesn't have to disprove anything, but he has to raise a doubt. And right. as long as he's able to do that uh, and have enough light through the door to give some juror, uh, it's like, ah, I don't know about all of this. Um, th- things are not lining up for me. That's all he's got to do. want to switch gears here and uh, literally switching gears. It's a story Mark Garrison has been uh, bringing to us today. Uh, it's a local story here in Charlotte. Uh, cops in Charlotte uh, have been directed to stop using radar guns. So if you have gotten a ticket, uh, the DA here says you don't have to pay that ticket. And the reason for this is because the radar guns used by police were not calibrated by certified technicians, as is required by the law. Listen to this. On February 9th, CMPD officers were notified to cease use of the radar and the LIDAR equipment until units can be retested and calibrated. That's Renee Askew with the city with a blockbuster announcement yesterday. This is a big story of a major screw-up by the city of Charlotte, and it may be outright fraud. Those radar guns were used by Charlotte cops, even though a whistleblower in the city's radio shop, Tony Torres, told the city they were skirting the law. Torres says he told the city at the beginning of January that the city was committing forgery by having supervisors sign off on annual radar and LIDAR calibration certifications. Records show those supervisors signed off on the certification but did not perform the work. That's Jody Barr with Queen City News. Tony Torres was fired for telling the city what they were doing wrong yesterday they offered him his job back. I feel vindicated finally, you know, that they understand or at least, hey, he was telling the truth. You know, he, he had it right all along. And so this goes back all the way to 2008. Mm. So if you've gotten a speeding ticket, now, uh, according to this, uh, the DA will uh, likely cut you a deal if you go to court. I mean, we're talking about thousands of tickets here, Bill. Yeah, the, the problem here is for me, um, as I said you know, with my former DA hat, now I've got a civil uh, hat on. 
Um, how about all those insurance rates increases that uh, you? Huh? <laughs> That's the first that thing you, I thought about. That you had to incur since 2008 that you shouldn't have had to incur, particularly where your speed is maybe over 15 miles an hour, and I mean the insurance companies really teed off against you, or to more than 10 miles an hour, or if it was in a, a you know, school zone or something, whatever it is. There's a lot of people lost a lot of money because somebody didn't do a rudimentary thing. Right. Uh, if I had to put my DA's hat on, I would argue that, um, look, it's not the machine that convicts you or, or tells you. It's the officer's opinion of the speed. Um, you know, you can give lay opinion as to speeding. You just can't put a number down on it with any specificity. You can say it was in a, within a range. But the DA's got a, a tiger by the tail now. They, you shouldn't bring people in and say you were doing 74 and a 55 if you don't have the, the basis for the evidence. And that's really going to hurt particularly young people mm-hmm. or parents with young drivers. And then they get a ticket and then, you know, they really jack their rates up. It's a major, major mistake by um, law enforcement here. This is going to be a weird one to watch play out. And, okay. a, and again, like I said, this is not like the last few years. This is 15 years right, we're talking about. So uh, it's one to watch. I was curious as to what you thought about this. And uh, we'll have to stop it there. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Thank you, Bill. That was a Scooby-Doo moment for me. It was a rut row. <laughs> and we would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for these meddling kids. That's it. That's exactly right. So yeah. let's get in the mystery machine and go to the next thing. That's right. All right, man. Thank you very much. This All right. Y'all have a good weekend. You too. Take- Brought to you by the law offices of Wallace and Graham. Over 35 years representing personal injury clients in North Carolina. Bill Graham's so good that he just called out the mystery machine. He knew the name of the van. Mm-hmm. What does he not know? What Shaggy's been doing in that van? No, I didn't want to know that. Yeah, yeah.